Over the last several Sundays, we have been uh, talking about financial freedom. And this morning is the last message in the series. But I just want to talk about um, financial miracles for breakthrough. And then we're really going to spend more time praying and believing God for a breakthrough in our finances this morning. God is the God who can work miracles even in the realm of finances. You know, when we preach, sometimes we preach for salvation so that souls get saved. There are times we preach for healing so that people can get healed and delivered. But this morning, I want to preach towards receiving miracles in the realm of finances so that we can experience that. Now, God confirms His Word. Depending on what word you preach, He confirms that. So this morning, we're going to go in that direction. And I believe that everybody here can believe God this morning for a breakthrough in the realm of finances. Now, some of you may be college students, and for you, you may need to believe God uh, maybe for a job after you graduate. Maybe you need to believe God for a scholarship if you want to go and do your higher studies. Or maybe you just need to believe God for your own family, that your family is struggling financially. Uh, they're in debt or they're struggling. And so you can, being a student here this morning in this service, you can pray for your family and see God work at home, wherever they are. Or for the others who are professionals, maybe you need to believe God for a, a breakthrough in your job, in your career, and say, God, I want an increase in this area of my life. Maybe you, there are big debts that you need cleared. There are unmanageable debts, and this morning you can believe God for that. Maybe there are things that people owe you, which they need to pay you, and you can believe God. This morning, saying, God, all the dues that are over me, which are outstanding, I pray that you will work a miracle, cause it to come into my life. Maybe there's property that you need to sell. It's been stagnant, not sold. But this morning, as you believe God, at the end of the message, as you believe God, God can move in that area of your life, bringing a miracle, causing a breakthrough to come in that area. Amen. You know, one of the things as a pastor that my heart is, is to keep pointing ahead. To say, look, there's a higher purpose. There's a higher level of purity. There's a higher level of power. And there's a higher level of prosperity that we as a body must journey into. Amen? I'm not interested in me going there alone. If I want to, I can go there alone. But that's not my heart's desire, my heart's desire is to take a great company of people with me. Amen. Jesus didn't say, I'll build apostles. He didn't say, I'll build pastors. He said, I'll build my church. Jesus' heart is set on building his people. So it is true that God's a personal God. He deals with us as individuals, but God's heart is towards his people. He wants his people corporately to move. Higher, to a higher purpose. He wants us corporately to move to higher purity. He wants us corporately to move to higher power. He wants us corporately to move into higher realms of prosperity. Amen? It's not just one or two of us getting there. What's the point? He's building his church. The church has to get there. Amen? So that's why we keep pointing, saying, let us go up higher. Let us go up. Even the realm of finances. Let us go up together high, to higher levels of prosperity 
and success in our lives. And so that's what we want to do this morning. Corporate, God is building his church. His heart is after a corporate, a body of people moving to a new realms. And our heart must be set in tune with the heart of Jesus, which is building his church. Amen. So this morning, as a church, we want to believe God for us to move one level higher in the area of prosperity, in the area of finances, in the area of the success we're experiencing in our lives. Amen. Somebody might say, well, you, this church doesn't have, isn't, doesn't have all the prosperity it needs. Of course we know that. That's why we have church. So we can all work together to get there. Amen. Somebody said, this church doesn't have pure, the level of purity God, God wants. Of course we know that. That's why we have church. So we can all move together to higher levels of purity. Amen. If all of us were there, then we wouldn't have church. We'd all be in heaven maybe. <laughs> but the whole purpose of church is for us to move each other, to exhort one another, encourage one another, pull one another together. Let's move to higher levels. Amen. That's what we want to do this morning. Now, I'm sure that all of us will have personal stories of God working in the realm of finances. And I've heard some of your stories. It's amazing. God um, gives a new job after a long period, a land being sold after a long period in a matter of weeks. I've heard your stories. It's amazing. And I'm sure all of us would be able to testify of God being faithful in the realm of finances. But as I begin the message this morning, I want to just share a few stories from my own personal journey just to encourage you. And then I want to share some stories from the Bible. And then we're going to pray. We had a powerful time this morning in the South Church. And we believe there will be a powerful time here this morning after this service. I want to just share some of my experiences of trying to believe God for money. Now we have to have faith for different things. And I want to share some of my stories here. Just believing God for money. The first one that I can recollect goes way back to the time when I was about 13 years old. It was between my 8th and ninth standard during the summer holidays. Um, during that time, I had uh, spent several weeks in studying the Word of God. I used to lock myself in my room like maybe 6 to 8 hours a day just studying the doctrines, the foundational doctrines of the Word of God. I had spent several weeks, maybe about four, three, four weeks, just studying every day, just sitting and studying the Word. And I wanted to know everything from salvation all the way to eschatology. What does the Bible say? And I'd kind of, you know, studied, 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 written all these notes down from salvation being, you know, what does it mean to walk the spiritual life? What does it mean to crucify the flesh? What does it mean to be identified with Christ? Uh, the great tribulation, all that. I had the maps all drawn, when Christ will return. No dates, but. <laughs> but, you know, I just studied the whole thing, and I'd written down all these notes. Uh, for weeks, I just spent it. And then, so I said, you know, it might make sense to compile it into a little uh, publication sort of thing, uh, which I can use it to teach others. And so, this, in those days, we had cyclostyling machines. How many of you remember cyclostyle? Oh, man, you know, just a few of us. Okay, let's try it. How many of you have seen records? Some of you. You only see CDs, discs. But have you seen these old records, these big black ones? But those were the days before Xerox machines really took on. But we had these cyclostyling machines. And so my aunt directed me to YMCA, 
So I went there. I said, you know, uh, there's about a 30-page manual. I want you to cyclostyle it. First, it has to be typeset uh, on the stencil paper, and then they do the cyclostyling. Uh, I want you to do that. And uh, I had ordered, I don't know, maybe, I don't remember the numbers correctly now, but several hundred copies of it. I said, you do it. And I didn't have money. I know my dad had money, but I didn't. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I said, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast and pray for money to pay for this. And so they started doing the work, and I was getting scared. <laughs> Seeing all the paper come out, all the manuals. It took a couple of days, I think about a week or so. And they had all this ready, and I, had, I think the bill came to a few thousand rupees. I had to, now where am I going to get the money to do this? So I was fasting and praying. Now, you may not think this is very supernatural, but thank God for grandmothers. Because my grandmother stepped in to pay for it, a good portion of it. For me, it was a miracle. Because I was fasting and praying, and I don't care whether who paid for it, it got paid. So it was like a beginning of seeing, you know, I can actually fast and pray. I can step out on some projects when I have no money in my pocket, and God will still provide, whether it's grandmother, whoever comes in. I remember in, being an engineer in college in Manipal, um, you know, the third year, 1989, January of 1989, third year in engineering college, God put in my heart to start a student fellowship there to rent a um, uh, uh, a conference room, a small conference room in Hotel Valley View every Saturday for our meetings. Uh, I know I didn't have the money beforehand. My, I used to get my parents to send me monthly allowance, but that was meant for paying the hostel fees, everything. I should set aside some money to use for the ministry, but the hotel bill, renting the conference room was much more than that. But I launched out. Let's do it. God has put it in my heart. We'll do it. So I told the hotel, I'm, I'm going to rent this conference hall Every Saturday. We're going to use that hall for our meetings. And at the end of the month, I'll pay the bill. I didn't have the money. What we used to do in those little tin can at the back table, and the students would come, I should tell them, you know, just put whatever offering you want in the tin can. We'll pay for the hall. And I remember maybe like the third month, it was a real test. Because at the, this was the last meeting of the month. And I needed 350 rupees to settle the hotel bill. Now, 350 rupees today is one meal in McDonald's. No, not McDonald's. It's like, but, you know, it's nothing. 350 rupees is nothing today. But those days, it was like a big mountain. 350 rupees. My God. <laughs> but I needed that money to pay the hotel bill at the end of the month. And this was the last meeting of the month. And never had I received a total offering of 350 rupees in a single meeting. These are students, college students coming. Um, but I believe God. I said, God, I, I released my faith. I did all the things we're talking about, speaking. So I declared that there will be this minimum money in the offering box at the end of the meeting. Now, I declared it. And students came as usual. We had a meeting Saturday evening. And I want to tell you, I don't know which student put that money in. I don't know. But at the end of the meeting, when I went to the offering box, the full amount was in it. Amen. And I saw God's goodness. This was the beginning of, you know, the small way, but beginning to believe God for money. 
praying, exercising your faith for money, and knowing that God will provide. Now, within a year, this same group of students, I mean, uh, uh, later on we taught them about prosperity. I taught, we taught them about giving and so on. And the same group of students, you know, we, God used us to do amazing things. A group of students, we held a three-day healing crusade in Udupi. We rented out the town hall. This was early part of 1990. We rented the town hall. We also rented a hotel room so I could stay there, spend the day in prayer, go and do a three-day three evening crusade in Udupi. And the same bunch of students, we came, we produced our own music album. It was a 15,000 rupees project. We came, rented Deccan Studios for two full days, 12 songs that we had written. We came here and recorded it and then um, distributed it. Uh, we had a concert on Bishop Gordon Boys School grounds. And these were the same bunch of students who at one point we had to believe for 350 rupees. But God had changed our minds to a point where we could just give and take on such big projects and do them for his glory. Amen. So seeing these wonderful things and seeing the faithfulness of God, um, then when going to the, to the U.S. to do my studies, my dad, parents paid for my trip, my first semester education. Then I wanted to believe God for scholarship. I said, God, I must have scholarship. I must get all other st many students are getting. I want to get scholarship. And again, see the goodness of God. The second semester, it was two-thirds scholarship. And the third semester was full scholarship. So you as a student can also believe God. Amen. As a student, you believe God. And I remember in the uh, early part of 1994, and some of you may have heard this story, the spring of 1994, when I was going to go back into college, the university, I was working as a research associate, but getting only $800 as a stipend. I wanted to go back and start my uh, continue my studies. And we needed about $5,600 for the tuition fees. And I remember attending that whole semester without having paid my fees. And, but I was believing God, God, that you will provide for this fees. But towards the middle end of the semester, the professor I was working for, he came. And he said, you know, this is the end of our financial year for the research organization. The director has sent a fax. We have $6,000 surplus. He has asked my professor how he would like to use it. And the professor came to me with the fax and he said, I'm going to tell him that we're going to use this money to pay your fees. Now, he didn't have to do it. He could have used that money to buy new laboratory equipment. He could have used that money to go on a holiday. I mean, he could have used that money to do anything he wanted. But he said, I'm going to use this money to pay your fees. Amen. So as a student, you can have faith in God for your money, for money that you need. Remember, uh, when I was in engineering college, my dad used to write me letters, very inspiring letters. I used to read them over and over again. I still remember some of the phrases he wrote. He, for one phrase that really stuck with me was he said, son, explore the frontiers of knowledge. I don't know if my dad will remember that, but I remember it. He said, encourage me, explore the frontiers of knowledge. Encourage me to study and, and learn. And I used to dream in those days. I used to dream and I sit down and dream about, at some day, God, I want to start my own engineering company. And I used to design my own logo. 
I still remember how, you know, this is my own company logo. This is what I want to call it. This is what the logo will be. And we'll have all this stuff. I should dream about all these things in, while I was in college. I didn't know whether it would happen or not. I was just dreaming. Nobody can prevent you from dreaming. Amen? But please don't dream now. <laughs> so I used to dream about, you know, having an own company and just doing that. And, um, and God was so good because after I started working, every six months I used to have those birth pains. I want to start my own company. I want to do something. Amy can testify to that, you know. I said, go through the cycles, six-month cycles. Every time, I want, to, I want to start my own company. I want to do something. I, mean, I was enjoying working, but I wanted to have something of my own. And uh, anyway, 2000, December, when we moved back to India, my original plan was to you know, get a job with some company here and work for them and do the ministry. I had applied for interviews and all. But as I was about to move back to Bangalore, the company I was working for in Chicago, they asked, can you work for us from India? And I didn't know whether that's possible or not at that time. So I'll let you know later, came back, found out I could do it. And that's how, it was almost like a baby was handed in my hands. A company was born. And I really didn't expect all this, but God fulfilled a desire that was there for such a long time. In his own way. Amen. And uh, over the last eight years running the company, we haven't like grown, expanded, done any, some, anything amazing. But one thing is seeing the faithfulness of God through these eight years. Just that God's been faithful to provide, to bring customers in, to bring business in, to have a company that, that was not built on bank loans or venture capital money, but just by just, just building slowly, steadily. It's been an amazing journey to see the faithfulness of God. I can sleep peacefully tonight because we don't have bank loans. We don't have in, you know, any huge investments to pay back, nothing. We're just going as God. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. I'm not saying you should do it that way. I'm just saying the way we did it, or we're doing it. And it's, it's wonderful to see the faithfulness of God in helping us run, operate a company. It's a small company, but it's still... You've seen the goodness of God. Amen. So I want to tell you, our God is a God who works miracles in the realm of finances. If you look in the Bible, we find God expressing his desire to do this for his people. Now, some of you this morning might say, you know, I'm fine financially. I don't need a miracle. I don't need a breakthrough. But I want to challenge you with one thing. God spoke to David in 2 Samuel chapter 12. Verse 8, he said, he sent the prophet of God to speak to David. He said, you know, I took you from following after sheep and I made you king over my people. I give you all these many things. And if what I have given you is not enough, I also would have given you much more. If what I have given you is not enough, I also would have given you much more. See, that's God's heart. If you're sitting here saying, you know, God, I, have, you know, I think I have everything. I'm fine. But I want to challenge you. Why don't you reach out for much more? So the next time we take up a pledge for the church building. Oh, I'm just joking. Just joking. Why don't you believe God for much more? 
If you've got enough, wonderful. Why don't you believe God? Much more. God is the God of much more. If what I have given you is not enough, I also am willing to give you much more. So don't be afraid to reach out and say, God, I want much more in my life. Not to waste it on myself, but to be able to bless lives with. To be able to bless the kingdom of God with. Amen. Think about Isaac in the 26th chapter of Genesis. To begin with, Abraham was very rich. The Bible says, you know, Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. So obviously, his son Isaac was well to do. No problems, no issues. Probably didn't even need to work because his father was very rich. But here's what God did for Isaac in Genesis, the 26th chapter, verses 12, 13, 14. It's like Isaac, it says, Isaac sowed in the land. And the same year, he reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. And the man became prosperous and he went on to become very prosperous because the Lord blessed him. Some of us would look at that and say, God, why are you doing it for Isaac? I mean, he doesn't need this. He's got everything from his father. He doesn't need this. But that's exactly what God is. He's the God of much more. Amen. He's the God of much more. Would you be like Isaac saying, God, I know I've got everything, but whatever I do, give it, multiply it a hundredfold so that I can turn back and bless your kingdom. I can turn back and bless your people. Think about Jacob. He went to work for, this, for his uncle Laban. He spent 14 years. When he went, he had nothing because he ran away from home. He went with nothing. But when he came back, he came back with so much that the God of heaven had blessed him, prospered him. God who breaks through in the realm of our finances. Elijah, in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, met a widow woman. It's a time of famine. It must have been 2009. Everything going down. Famine. He meets this woman. And she says, you know, haven't you read? It's the economic downturn. Me and my son, we're about to eat our last meal. We're getting ready to die. I don't know what's going to happen. But Elijah comes in into that situation. And he says, you make the meal, but bring me a portion of it first. So this woman does it because she respects the man of God and his word. So she makes the meal. She brings a portion and gives it to Elijah. And something amazing happens. The flour, the jar of oil that she had and the flour that she had just kept multiplying. Just kept multiplying. And she and her son went through the downturn and came out of it safe. Amen. God stepped in. In 2 Kings chapter 6, there was this woman, her husband had died, left living back, a big debt. And the creditors were coming to either collect the money, which she didn't have, and if she didn't pay, they would take her sons away as slaves. And so she comes running to the prophet Elijah saying, you know what, please help me. This, this, was, this man was your employee. He studied in your school. He was one of your prophets. He died and he left me in a big mess. So you got to help me. So Elisha says, what do you have at home? He says, I'm, all I'm left with is a jar of oil. That's all I have, a jar of oil. Elisha says, borrow as many jars as you can. 
Pour that oil that you have into all those jars. Sell the oil, clear your debts, and live off the rest. And that's exactly what God did for this widow woman. Amen. In one day, in one day, her debts were cleared and her future was secured. In one day. You call that a breakthrough. Amen. God can do that for you and me today. I don't know what the jar of oil is that God will use in your life or in my life. But he can do the same things in our lives today. Think about Jesus in the New Testament. Sitting before thousands of people in Matthew 14. He's preached to them a long sermon. And uh, for three days. And the disciples want to send the people away. But Jesus says, let's give them something to eat. And out there, thousands of people in the middle of the wilderness, Jesus takes five loaves, two fish, multiplies it, and feeds 5,000 people. And he makes sure that each one of his disciples have a big basket to carry home. Twelve baskets full. So each one of you guys, you carry it home. Take it. What was that? It was God stepping into the realm of material human needs, causing a miracle to meet needs. Amen. It came time for Jesus to pay taxes in Matthew 17. Jesus paid taxes. The tax collectors asked, you know, don't you, doesn't your master pay taxes? He says, sure I do. So he sends Peter, he says, go, go to the sea, catch a fish. The first fish you catch will have a coin in its mouth. Peter, pay your taxes and my taxes with that money. Now that's a miracle. It's not normal. How would the coin get into the fish's mouth? It was just a miracle. How would that fish come after Peter's rods? I don't know. That's a miracle. In the area of finances. And I'll close with this. Peter, J James, and John, they had a fishing business. It's so a look five. And they, like our call centers, they worked at night. So they spent all night fishing, but didn't catch anything. Morning, they're all tired. They're back at the shore trying to clean up the nets and go home for a good, night, a good morning sleep. And uh, Jesus comes by. He says, did you catch anything? He said, no, we didn't catch anything. It's the downturn again. So anyway, he uses their boat for a while. Then he hands the boat back to Peter and says, Peter, launch out into the deep for a catch. Peter says, sir, you've got it wrong. It's 2008. You don't launch into anything and not into the deep. But he says, master, because it is you, what you're saying is nonsense. It doesn't make sense to me. But because it's you who is saying it, I'll do it. Because I know you are a miracle worker. So Peter launches back into the waters, throws his net. He doesn't catch one, two, or three. He catches so much fish, he has to call for James and John saying, come on. And all their boats are filled. A business miracle. Something that God did. That intervened in the realm of their business. Amen. Some of you, when we get into our time of prayer, 
You might just express your faith between you and God, standing where you are or seated where you are. Between you and God, you might express your faith. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the title deed of desired things. So as you are praying, you might just say, God, this morning, I just settle it in my heart because of my faith in you that this need is met in my life or this breakthrough comes through in my life in the area of my finances. You just settle it between you and God and you receive your title deed. What's your title deed? It's the proof of your ownership. So this morning, you pray between you and God. You settle it. I say, I take my title deed. Faith is the title deed. So you settle it and you get your title deed. And you walk out here absolutely certain that it's done. Some of you might express your faith a little differently. You may want to come forward for prayer and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You might say, God, when I go forward and when somebody just prays with me, that moment, God, I'm, a, I'm just telling you I am crying out to you for uh, this breakthrough in my life, whatever it might be, in the realm of finances, whether it's land that needs to be sold, whether debts that need to be cleared, whether increase in your job, a situation at home that needs to be turned around, whatever, each one has different needs. But your way of expressing your faith may be to come up for prayer. We'll also keep uh, offering buckets here. For some of you, if you just can bring an offering bucket and leave it here. Uh, If some of you, maybe your way of expressing faith this morning is just to come and make an offering. I'm not saying all have to do it. But some of you may feel in your heart, you know, I want to just tell God that I really trust him concerning my money, and I'm going to make an offering. This is going to be my five loaves and two fishes. This is going to be my oil, jar of oil. I'm just going to give it to God. I'm not doing it because we need money. I'm doing it because that may be your way of expressing your faith this morning. So if you feel like doing it, do it. So there may be different ways that each one of us may want to express our faith in God. Nothing is better. I'm not saying any particular way is better or superior. We can keep it right here. Thanks. I'm just saying that you need to do what you feel in your heart to express your faith in God. Amen. Whatever it is. It may be you may just need to be there and cry out to God. That may be your way. You may need to come forward for people to pray with you. That may be, oh, that's fine. You may want to just come and make an offering. Launch out into the deep. Give something. Do something you normally haven't done. Maybe your way. That's fine. But all of us this morning, I want to challenge us. Express your faith in God for a breakthrough in the area of finances. For you to step into a new level in the realm of finances. Amen. Are you ready to believe God in your life? That God will come through supernaturally. How is he going to do it? I don't know. But he will do it in response to your faith in the realm of finances. You might say, I have everything I need. Well, why don't you believe God for much more? So that you can give into his kingdom. Why don't you be like Isaac? Why don't you be like David to whom God said, if you would ask me, I would have given you much more. 
Some of you may identify with a widow woman. You're down to your last in life. The widow woman at Zarephath. Some of you might identify with a widow woman in 2 Kings and say, you know, I'm in so much debt, I need help. Some of you might identify with the situation where it was a miracle that helped pay the taxes for Peter and Jesus. Some of you might identify with Peter in, the, in his business. As he launched out into the deep, he saw a miracle. However, whatever your situation is, this morning, release your faith in God for a miracle. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.